First Peter, fourth chapter. And uh, we always miss you when you're not here. We're praying for those that aren't here. Like I said, be praying for Brother Brian and Lord give him healing in his body. And First uh, Peter four. I'm going to read a scripture. It's not you're not going to find it in a lot of uh, devotionals, and even a lot of preachers probably aren't going to turn to this. But there's, I tell you, there, we need to know the Word of God. We can't just pick and choose the parts we like. And uh, amen. We need to hear from God. Lord, we love you. We do need to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, for just everything we've already heard and felt, God. Just believe in, Lord God, you've got something for us tonight again, Lord, and asking you to give us an ear to hear. Lord, I know you're talking to us, God, but I pray you break down through every layer, Lord God, and just dig into our hearts, God, and help us to be ready. Lord, help us, Lord, to just have that authenticity. And God, we love you so much for truth. Have your way tonight. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. First Peter 4, verse 17 says, For the time is come that judgment must begin the house of God. And if it first begin in us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God. You know, there's, there's an aspect of suffering in the life of a child of God. But he says, don't suffer because of sin. But when you suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. God bless you. You can be seated. How we need to recognize so much in this last day that, uh, that God has given us His Word. How we need that it's already been said. Brother Mike was testifying and about God's truth and 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 we need all of it. We need every bit of it. I, I started this morning to talk a little bit about something that really was pivotal in my my walk with God. What I believe really probably though I was in church and uh, really believed I was great Christian and um but I, there needed to be something. God needed to take the, the scales off my eyes. Something that really made a difference and something that I have never let go of. See, I, I understand, and, and I'm not being critical really, but we uh, understand. I've, I've been around preaching growing up that was pretty brutal. Pretty plain. As far as what that Bible teaches. And it was used pretty strongly when we talked about this world. The sin that is in media, music, movies, and television. And the Word of God was the measuring stick. Amen. It wasn't so much what we like or didn't like. What's the Bible say about it? Romans, the first chapter, talks about a bunch of sin 
and talks about the judgment of God, not only to them that do those things, but those that have pleasure in those that do those things. It's pretty straightforward about Hollywood and television and, and movies. Before there was really a whole lot of internet and, and uh, computers in homes, it wasn't so much, but boy, I'll tell you, it was, you know, names being called and people, you know, putting out filth and sending folks to hell. Not only Hollywood, but false preachers and false teachers. Amen. I don't do it a lot. I'm not saying that it's not biblical. Paul called names. I try to be a little more sensitive. I know, may say more sensitive than Paul. I know, I know. But listen, you know, dealing with some of these that are, are deceiving multitudes. The Bible has a lot of things to say about it. I mean, if you hear the, the many, many scriptures, it, it is very, very just black and white. Blind leaders of the blind. Wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and I'm telling you, it, we were brutal against some of these false teachers and false prophets. Amen. And that's, you know, the Word of God is the Word of God. It's the truth. And if you think I'm going to back up from this, I'm setting you up. You can amen this as much as you want. It's right. If you're not preaching the Word, Paul said, if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel, then you've received, let it be accursed. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Amen. Believe that. Even local churches weren't just things that they were putting out there in the, their advertisements and services that they were having, having nothing really to do with the gospel. Compromise. Lukewarmness. It was, uh, it was boldly proclaimed. And, and, uh, but there was a day when I understood that Bible that I always stood for and believed and knew that if you're, they're not lined up to that, they're, they're lost. It's not, it doesn't matter who it is. It's, it's not, uh, it's got to be God's way. Amen. And I know a lot of folks, oh, you know, y'all think it's, it's your way or the highway. No, it's God's way. It's got to be God's way. It's already been said. If He's not Lord, amen. You're just uh, making yourself out to be a liar. But I had to come to a place and I had to recognize, hey, wait a minute. Every judgment and every measurement that I'm using to look at this world, to look at this culture, to look at the, the headlines of the, of the sin and the filth that is, it is everywhere in, and more and more and more in the community. Amen. More and more in, in churches even. I came to a place where I realized, God, that same book needs to judge me. And I made a very serious just observation that, hey, this whole time that I'm looking out in this world and using the Bible as my, as my, my eyepiece, my worldview, 
that when I read it in the newspaper, what's the Bible say about that? When I see it in, in, the, uh, the, in Hollywood or in Washington, D.C., in the music industry, it's got to be Jesus. It's got to be truth. It's got to be holiness. When I'm seeing them, on hearing them on the radio or the televangelist, whatever they might be, hey, it's got to be God's truth. But I realized a lot of us were using that and feeling pretty good about ourselves because we could identify it all around, all over. And sometimes that's just what churches do, man. It's all about seeing what they've got and what they're doing wrong and feeling good that we can observe that. But I recognize, hey, God, am I using those same methods to that I'm judging this world to judge me? And I had to be honest. I wasn't being brutally honest about my own soul. It's easy. And in your flesh, it can kind of be a lot of fun in a pharisaical kind of way. To look around and see all the, the mess that's in the world. But when you start letting that Word of God be a sword in your heart... When you start saying, you know what, that same Bible that's condemning sin in them has to, I have to look at myself and say, am I living this life? I can't hide behind the hypocrisy of others. I had to say, what about me, God? Judgment has to begin here. Amen. I got to look at myself and say, hey, are you number one for me? Is this book, praise God, that I have. Is it, am I lined up to it? Am I living this with my whole heart? Amen. Am I, am I, the Bible says the righteous be scarcely saved. That, that means it's no easy feat. It's not something they just, just going to cruise in because a lot of people think it's going to be that way. This is a death of, of flesh, this is a crucifying of your will. And you're going to butt heads with your flesh. You're going to deal with your cross. You're going to come to situations where your will is going to be contrary. Don't you tell me no. I'm telling you, if Jesus prayed in a garden with sweat like great drops of blood, saying, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done, and you're going to have your way every day, and God's just going to roll over and say, hey, what's my next, uh, you know, my next order? Because I'm your little servant boy. Amen. Uh Uh-uh. I'll tell you, the day that it changed for me is when I said, you know what? The brutality starts here. I got to be tough on me. I got to first walk this walk. I got to first look at my own life and and judge me. Amen. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Amen. Romans, the second chapter. Paul's talking to, to folks in a church in Rome. Romans 2. Hallelujah. When you start looking at your life, breaking breaking down your will, spending time in prayer and saying, God, I I don't want to justify myself anymore. 
I don't want to try to have excuses anymore. Paul said it this way, Romans 2 verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable. You got no excuses. When you come to a place where you look at your own self and say, I've got no excuses. I've got to, I've got to follow Jesus. Thou art inexcusable, man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. You be careful. The Bible says the type of measurement, the type of judgment you, you meet out is how you will be judged. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You've got to first be brutally honest with yourself. It's the hardest thing. I'll tell you the best, well, not, not so much the best, but the, the most prevalent type of deception is self-deception. Amen. Somehow, you carry your, your hard heart around And you say, well, you just don't understand what I've been through. Can I tell you something? Jesus paid such a great price. He died. He bled. Whatever you've been through is not greater than the price that was paid to set you free. You don't know how hard I have it. Do you know what Jesus did for you? Are you going to stand and tell me, you know, I came to a place in my life where all my excuses were all just bundled up and sat before the cross. And I had to say, am I saying any one of these is more powerful than him dying for me? That I I, I can't. But Jesus bled and said, it is finished. Got to look at myself and say, God, you did that for me. And I found out that really, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but uh, I was wasting a lot of time. Worried about other people. The Bible says about, who are you that judges another man's servant? I've got, I've got a lot to, i got to look at my, if the righteous scarcely be saved, I need to look at my life. I need to be on guard. I need to have my, my hearing in tune with the Holy Ghost, in tune with everything He's put. Let people be in my life that can that can be an accountability for me because I, if the righteous be scarcely saved, I don't want to deceive myself. You push people away that are trying to help you. Well, praise God. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, that whosoever thou art that judgest. Listen to this. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou judgest that judgest doest the same things. For we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Against them that commit such things. It's according to truth, not according to it's your friends or, or, or more so your own self. God help us. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost that God has poured out will take you through whatever you have to face. That's why I think it's so important, again, never going to get out of this church without hearing how it's important to understand, really get into the Word of God. You read the book of Acts? You telling me what you're up against is worse than what they were up against? Your job? Amen? Your neighbors? Your family? Tougher than what Peter went through? Tougher than what Paul went through? 
You're telling me we believe everything they believe, but we can't endure while they're singing in the midnight hour? Beaten in prison? Amen. Do we believe what they believed? I'm just telling you, things change when I start looking at my own self and saying, I don't have an excuse. I can tell sad stories. I can. Amen. But I tell you, I believe God has a greater story than every, my, every one of my sad stories. The redemption story, is it, it, it just it takes care of that. It fills you with help and hope. It takes away depression. It takes away your... Oh, I know a lot of people don't like it. It takes away your excuse to be depressed. You, you don't have a right. It's such a... Some, some people, some people, it's just so easy to say, well, you don't know how, how, how depressed I am. Jesus can move in there and give you a reason to be hopeful and, and blessed. But saying I can't because it's so hard, it's just a cop-out to say, you know what? I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God and I'm going to fight the devil. Amen. God's given me what I need. You, God's helped you to be an overcomer. Oh, give God the glory. That is right. Hallelujah. God bless you. We are sure the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, which judgest them which do such things, that thou doest the same? That thou shalt escape the judgment of God? I had to look at that and be honest with myself. Why are you going to escape the judgment of God? It's wrong for them. I need to look at myself. Am I living it? Am I walking this? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? Now listen to this. Do you despise the riches of his goodness and the forbearance and long suffering? Are you mad when God gets patient with other people? Knowing that the goodness of God led thee to repent thee to repentance. It led you to repent. Sometimes we forget how patient God has been with us. Sometimes we forget how good God's been to us. We're so thankful for the blood and, and, and we can't be thankful enough that God washes those sins away. And we don't walk in the shame and condemnation of that. But we ought to remember how merciful God was to us because when he's merciful to others. Amen. And you're impatient with them. The Bible says you are despising the riches of his goodness and after but after the hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath God's getting angry when he's trying to save people and you're getting impatient when he you already had a lot of patience we still get a lot of patience don't we yeah we do because the righteous are scarcely saved under the wrath against this day see see the thing is I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood to understand this Bible, we can be safe, we can be saved, we can be secure, but not to carelessness. Not to act in like, hey, everybody else has got to walk a line, but we can just, oh, God's mercy and grace. Hey, that was wrong for all these easy believism preachers, but hey, you know, don't you live it. Don't you live it. After the hardness and impenitent heart treasures up thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. It was 
a life changer, a game changer, if you will, but a life changer to recognize, hey, wait a minute. I got to first look at me. I'm not excusing anything else that's going on in this world. But listen, I've got to be saved. I've got to make it. I've got to know that I'm walking in this. And, and it's not enough to, to be able to point that finger and then not, not look deep and look honestly at my own life. I realized that I need to be be tough on me, be brutally honest with myself. God's mercy and God's grace is there. I'm not taking anything away from that, but not cutting myself any slack with excuses of justification. Amen. Not somehow acting like it's okay because, you know, that's just tough for me. That's hard, difficult for me. Hey, you know what? You don't have to win that battle. Jesus is going to win that battle. It's not tough for him. If you're t- trusting in you, then yeah, it's, it's going to be impossible. But when you recognize that the scriptures say that the victory is in him, you can be free. But then I soon also realized something. That when that when you start looking at yourself in that manner and you start judging yourself and the way you talk, the way you act, amen. Well, I was upset. Okay, raise the Lord. Is that how you want to go to heaven? Is that how you want to go into judgment? Hello. Well, you don't. I I was going through some things. We need to be right with God. We need to be right with God. But I realized when I started just looking at myself and saying, listen, my worst day doesn't give me an excuse. It's still the cross. It's still the name of Jesus. It's still spiritual warfare. It's still the Holy Ghost. It's still prayer. It's still crucifying flesh. Not when it's easy. That does, it doesn't take all that when it's easy. It takes all that. You've got to apply that in your hard days. Amen. When everything seems to be wrong, when it's up close and personal wrestling against principalities. But it took me a little bit longer to realize then that real strength, true strength, is not not defined by how much I can find error in other people. That doesn't make me one bit stronger. It's sadly obvious how people throw off and deflect on people. and It's all they talk about is this problem and that hypocrite and this false teacher. And that. Well, What do you have? Do you have it? This, this has got to be more about what you have than what they don't have. And I realized something. That true strength isn't just how much I can condemn, but how much I can serve. How much I can see the problem and say, God, help me to bear good fruit. When it's difficult and my flesh doesn't want to, help me to bear good fruit. Help me to be a blessing. Help me to maybe somehow be an influence. Real strength is not about how I bring to light their problems, but how I get busy like Jesus did. Amen. Because the very example of pure righteousness and strength is God. And God said, there's a bunch of sinners. I can condemn them or I can leave my 
my dwelling place, my safe place, my comfort zone, and I can go and and serve and love and heal and forgive. How much you can serve. Listen to me. If you're in a group, I'm going to tell you something, and there's somebody there struggling, hurting, doing wrong, they're a mess, they're a sinner, they're anything, and you're the one smirking, pointing, laughing. It's not strength, and nobody sees it as strength. The strong one goes above that and says, how can I help and serve and be a friend? That's the strength. It doesn't take, you can be a Pharisee without the Holy Ghost. You can point out all the problems so easily. And everybody that's got the Holy Ghost sees through it. There's insecurity. There's a lack of confidence. That's, that's fear. But when you have confidence in a walk with God, you just get in there and love people. When you really have strength, you get in there and serve and help people. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Matthew 20, verse 25. You know the story. We're not going to go back through it all. But they got in an argument about who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Where are you going to sit? I'm going to sit at the right side. No, you're not. I'm going to. Home, no way. I'm telling mom. They did. Mom's going to tell... Tell Jesus on you. Jesus called them, verse 25, Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. You know what? That's that's how the world shows power, by exercising their authority. Christians see the weakness in that. Might makes right. But it says, they that are great exercise authority upon them, but it shall not be so among you. Jesus said, whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Do you a servant. We grow up in this world so beat up and pushed around. And try to learn how to be strong. Try to learn how to not only survive, but to prove ourselves in this world. And then we come to God and He just takes us out of all that. And says, that's not strength. That's, that's sad. That's pathetic. Hurting people to prove yourself. Putting people down to lift yourself up. Exploiting people to make money and to make your, a reputation. He says, it's not going to be among you, so among you. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Not talking about the preacher. Talking about a servant. Jesus put on a towel and washed their feet. He ministered to them. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. There's so much. I I hear stories here recently and just within not 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 talking about YouTube preachers, I'm talking about folks that friends of friends, I suppose you might say, people that we are we know personally, just stories of uh, of just not caring about people, but building up their own ego. Uh, you you get to a place where you recognize the insecurity that's that's in pulpits. It's not a call of God. 
you're not loving people, if you're not serving people, it's not God. If you're pushing people around and, and trying to build up yourself and try to get the compliments and notoriety, it's not God's call. It's just being driven. This world is full of driven people, ambitious people. People that are looking for confidence, they're looking for success, and, and, and shelves and shelves of books are about that. But, and, and those kind of people are in churches sometimes. They don't get delivered. Their fears, their insecurities, they, they push and push and push their way and, and, and doors open for them. And, but it's not God. It's, not, it's flesh. And, and it, it's not bringing people to Jesus. It's just building kingdoms for, for insecure little people. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. I've heard preachers, it's been recommended to me. Don't be, don't be friends with people. I'm, I know this is going to blow your mind, but I've heard it more times than you know. If you want to grow a church and you want to make it, don't be friends with saints because you need preacher friends. And I thank God for preacher friends. But you don't be, because they'll hurt you. They'll bring you down. They're going to get close to you and then they're going to hurt you. They're going to get, pull you apart. And I'd, I'd rather be pulled apart than be distant and not have a family. I'm not looking to be successful. And I'm not looking to try to hide from hurt. Amen. But if this isn't about loving one another and having a real close fellowship with one another, then, then that's, I don't see it in my Bible. Amen. I tell you what, this isn't a business. This is God's family and it's about people. Amen. And it's not about, about how important we are. It's about how great He is and how we can serve one another. To, if you really have any kind of call on your life, it's going to be to serve and to love and to heal and to minister and set your needs aside and bless those others. Because that's Jesus. Look what it says. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Big egos. Lots of pride. While people that are just pushed aside, they can't be important. They aren't valuable. They're not going to push my agenda forward and build up my kingdom. It's evil. It's what it is. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. It's not Jesus. It's corporate America. Amen. Loving those that are outcasts. Loving those that have been hurt and broken. And doing what you can. And that's not just the preacher. That's all of us. That's got to be our heart. To love people that are worth the blood of Jesus. That when you see people... Listen, this world, you see all the, the junk that's out there. The things that are obviously sin. But that's what sinners do. And that's what I did. And that's what you do. Amen. They need is somebody who's going to help them to see Jesus. Not somebody who's going to look over. You know what Jesus said? He said, you need to love your neighbor. And somebody just said, well, then who's my neighbor? Trying to justify themselves. Tell me who I have to go the extra mile for. Tell me who I can just get away with not loving and serving and blessing and giving of myself. Real strength says be like that good Samaritan. See that one and don't be concerned of what they can do for you. Just meet that need. Care about people. If you can't care about people, you need a trip to the altar. You need a trip to Calvary. 
The Son of Man didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to serve. He came to minister, give his life. Philippians 2. There's a lot of people going to find out what they had was just a, just a carnal drive rather than a heart that says, I want to I want to spend and be spent for God's kingdom. Amen. Philippians 2, this whole chapter, I'm just going to read a few verses, but so good. Philippians 2, verse 4, says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That takes a real altar in your life. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he was God in a human form. Thought it not to be robbery to be equal to God, because God in a human form was God nonetheless. But still humanity. The Bible says, but made himself of no reputation. Though God was with us, Emmanuel, though God was manifested in the flesh, He didn't spend one moment worrying about his reputation. Creator, sustainer of the universe. No reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. I found in my own life that being worried about seeming successful to other people is is weakness. It's foolishness. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I'm going to have to make decisions to follow Jesus that are going to be unpopular. People will disagree with. People will 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 look and say that that's uh, foolishness. I I have to be able to say I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. Reputation. Not only being able to be brutally honest with myself about my walk with God and my, my, my dedication to God, but being able to recognize that to truly be strong means you don't put yourself up on a pedestal. You serve, you help, you love, you give. Some, of, some people that I've started getting close to over the years that I have loved dearly and, and, and just admired... I've recognized they, that it's more about their drive than it is the kingdom of heaven. It's more about feeling important than really serving people. And I, I really avoid that. I, I try so hard, even though you say, well, they, they're such an amazing preacher. And wow, they just do so great at camp meetings. I, I, don't, want, I don't want that influence in my life. Now, I, I know what it's like to try to play on your feeling feeling like you, you, you just don't have a whole lot in yourself. and I, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that. I, I want to be around people that love, love Jesus and love who He loves. Loves His kingdom. And that's, that's the kind of thing I want to build in, in my life. And that's the kind of atmosphere we need in this house. We need an atmosphere where people know that it's not that you're you're unimportant to me and I it's that, that we do love and serve and give ourselves because because it's not true strength. It's not real strength when you exercise your authority. It's real strength when you meet that need. 
and you serve and you you love people and you want to be a help. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Judgment's got to begin in in the house of the Lord. It's got to begin in us. And we got to take a good long look at ourselves. Because at the end of the day, that's who we're responsible for more than anybody. But sadly, so many have forgotten just the heart of of Jesus' teachings that and His ministry, His character, that loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind is, is followed up so closely by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's a hard world. You've been through hard battles. But when God moves in, He'll give you real strength that makes you stronger than those that are putting you down, stronger than those that have questioned you and condemned you. Give you a strength that you can be a part of the solution, God's solution. Helping people be saved, helping people be stronger. Seeing people that are hurting. Seeing people that come from difficult backgrounds and they're making the mistakes now. They're not doing everything right, just like you didn't do everything right. And you know, now you have the strength to be able to help them. That makes all the difference.
God, I want to be what you called me to be. Purify me, cleanse and make me new. everything you need to beat up that devil. He got to flee from you. It's time to make him flee. It's time to get on the offensive. Be an overcomer. I told my wife the other day, stopped expecting things to be easy a long time ago. I stopped expecting the devil to not show up. Just, I'm ready for his fight. I'm ready. Ready for what he tries to bring against me. I'm not surprised. And I know the weapons that God has given me to overcome. I know what he has given me. I've learned how to fight back. I've learned how to how to turn him around and get him to flee. Hallelujah. You don't have to go through day after day with the enemy on your back. It's time to tell him that he's got to get behind you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. God, we love you so much. Give us your strength. Give us your direction. Help us to examine ourselves. Hallelujah. I want to see you in heaven, church. I want to see you there. Oh, help us, God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you. Thank you again for just a great day in your presence, in your word, God, and with your people. God, bless each one, I pray. Lord, just help us to, to hear your voice and to be led by your spirit, to be more, Lord, just filled with you. Bless each one, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. and We'll give you all the praise, all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.